0: Never forget that I am a support of Paris. So I consider that Paris is uh, the, the capital, uh, the heart of the creation and uh, of uh, fashion. We have to do our best to continue to uh, push Paris as a, fa- as a fashion capital, you know, a fashion
1: leader. Welcome, everybody. I am Susie Menkis, editor of Vogue International at Condé Nast and you are listening to my podcast, Creative Conversations. As a journalist reporting on the global fashion industry, I want to take you backstage and give you an insight into my world. Listen to my exclusive conversations with creatives, industry leaders and those whose voices have some of the greatest impact. I think you might find it interesting and maybe intriguing. Coinciding with Chanel's Spring Summer 21 show in Paris, I talked to Bruno Pavlovsky, president of Chanel Fashion, who has worked with the famous Paris company for 30 years. He has been instrumental in expanding the company's presence in the fashion arena, first with Karl Lagerfeld and subsequently with the late designer's right hand, Virginie Viard but the executive range extends far beyond the business that he handles for the Wertheimer brothers, who are the owners of Chanel. Monsieur Pavlovsky is dedicated to the exceptional and historic handworkers of Métiers d'art, who bring Chanel its exquisite artistry, from the expert embroideries of Lesage to Le Marier's Feather and Flowers. A wide range of specialist artisanal companies is now supported by Chanel and is shortly moving into a brand new headquarters in the northeast of Paris named 19M, in French, 19M. But the big news this season is Gabrielle Chanel Fashion Manifesto. That is the name of an exhibition at the Palais Galliera Museum in Paris, where Chanel has invested more than 7.1 million euros. The Palais Galliera has just become a permanent city of Paris Fashion Museum, and after a renovation and extension, it has just reopened with an exhibition on the legacy of Gabrielle Chanel. This, the first retrospective in Paris on the designer, has been curated by director of the Palais Galliera, Mirene Arzoulouse, artistic director and fashion historian, Olivier Sayard and curator, Véronique Belois. Another announcement this luxury brand has just released is an engagement with climate initiatives. It's issued sustainability-linked green bonds, which seal Chanel's pledge and dedication to caring for our planet. Bruno is a rare thinker who aims to do more than sell Chanel, however successful he has been at raising its annual business to 10 billion euros. He claims that, in his words, Chanel has entered the collective unconsciousness. I can't wait for him to tell us more. How oh, are yes, you, see? I'm good, I'm good, except I'm, I'm not good because I'm not in Paris, so I'm rather sad. It's the first time I've ever missed the shows, and it's a very strange feeling for me. But they seem to be going quite well in Paris, yes? The
0: shows? Yeah, I think so. We cross fingers to be able to, to have the show uh, now, in uh, uh, four days from now. Uh, uh, we are supposed to get some news from the uh, ministre uh, de la Santé uh, tonight, and they will probably come with some new announcements for Paris. I hope it will not cancel the show. They 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 give us a kind of a guarantee about it, you know, that they will keep these events happening, such as Roland Garros, etc. So I hope that everything will work smoothly. I have to say that we we are taking a lot of measures, you know, just to to be sure and to make everyone comfortable by being here. But you know, I I think that we are quite lucky because we are in the Grand Palais. Uh, and we have a lot of space uh, for only uh, 500 people. So I think that we can offer a nice, um, nice distanciation, as we now say, uh, for
1: for everyone. So I hope it will work quite nicely. So Bruno Pavlosky, as president of Chanel Fashion, you're behind the big happening in Paris fashion in this strange COVID season. You're opening what is named rather boldly as Gabrielle Chanel Fashion Manifesto. Can you explain what people are seeing this week at the Palais Galliera Museum? Yeah, for, for
0: sure. I, I think that uh, it's a long story and I will try to make it short. Uh, the beginning of the story, it's uh, five, six years ago when uh, we were uh, asked by uh, Olivier Sayer and uh, um, Delphine Nevy uh, I, I was asked. Uh, we were asked uh, to work on the Palais Galliera. They have some um, uh, some project, if I may say, to to expand and to renovate uh, the Palais Galliera. I'm sure you know the Palais Galliera. It was quite, um, if I may say, uh, not old but need to be renovated. You know, everything was not looking good uh, from outside the facade. We have been asked uh, if we can be a partner uh, of this uh, renovation. And at the same time, Olivier uh, was talking about uh, a new exhibition about Gabrielle Chanel, but only about uh, Gabrielle Chanel. And, and uh, it took, you know, five years to be able to put everything together. first a renovation, it has been a long uh, and difficult uh, project uh, because of the situation. But on top of that, I think that, uh, I hope that when you come in Paris, you can go and see uh, this uh, new museum. I think uh, they, they did from something a bit old uh, something
1: quite uh, impressive, quite good. I want to jump in here and, and say that if my research is right, Chanel has put 7.1 million euros in the prospect in this project that you've done. I mean, that's a lot of money. And I understand that you've opened up the underground of the museum, which was, I think, just storage, wasn't it, before? And yeah. the new area is going to be called the Gabriel Chanel Rooms
0: and they'll have other exhibitions. Is all that right? Yeah, all that is right. Uh, So we we participate to this renovation, you know. Uh, uh, Our participation is not only for the the Red Jardin, you know, uh, galleries, it's for the full renovation uh, of the museum, including the façade. You know, after this exhibition, the the basement uh, will become uh, permanent rooms for the permanent exhibition, sorry. Uh, of uh, the Musée Galliera fund, which is quite uh, rich because you have more than two hundred thousand pieces, uh, that will be the very first uh, permanent fashion museum here in Paris. And uh, for us, it was quite important uh, to be part of that. You know, at Chanel, uh, creation is at the heart of what we are doing. We have been working on the collections, we have been working on the product, on the métier d'art. And it was quite important for us also to participate and to value Uh, these uh, archives, being the Chanel ones or the fashion ones in general. And that's the reason we have decided at that time that uh, this ecosystem uh, is part of our uh, creative strategy here in in Paris. That's the reason why we uh, partner uh, with La Mairie de Paris, with Anid Lalgo, in uh, renovating this uh, museum.
1: I have to ask you, though, a big question. You say that Karl Lagerfeld was still living when you started the project. He was always so against concentrating on fashion's past. You know that better than me. You worked with him for 30 years. And he was always saying there's no future in the past, like a manifesto. Was Karl actually involved in the decision to help this museum and to dedicate part of it to Chanel? He was
0: quite involved in the renovation of the museum. I think it was uh, quite uh, happy. Uh, These exhibitions are not only about the past. Sometimes they can be also about some projections. Uh, and uh, for the renovation I think there are no problem He knew uh, I don't know if he met Mirene. No, he never met Miren uh, because uh, Miren arrived uh, too late Virginie has been working quite a lot with Uh, Mirene. uh Chanel patrimoine uh, also has been working uh, with uh, Miren uh, so I think that uh, he was aware of the Palais Gaira renovation uh, the exhibition we talk about it but not sure he he has time to to
1: think about uh, what was the content of the exhibition. Um, You know, I never really think of Chanel as a heritage brand because Coco herself was so dynamically ahead of her times, especially when it came to throwing out the corsets and giving women ease in their bodies. But what she first did as a designer is coming up to a century ago, a hundred years. As president of fashion in this new millennium, how have you steered Chanel forwards? I
0: I, I think that, first of all... uh, what is quite interesting, and I say that from now, perhaps two years ago I will not have said the same, and what I like is this exhibition that I have chance to visit with uh, Virginie and Mirren, is that uh, this exhibition is just about the legacy of Mademoiselle Chanel. Uh, and I think it's quite important to see the brand today, to see uh, how strong is the brand today, thanks to uh, Karl and now Virginie uh, uh, design, uh, creativity, uh, but uh, based on that, I think that uh, the fundamentals that you can see now in the exhibition is a very good uh, first support, if I may say, to continue to write the story and to project the story in the future. So uh, that's the reason why I think it's quite interesting. I remember a long time ago in the '80s, uh, Olivier Sayer put an exhibition together in Marseille. I'm sure that you have seen this exhibition, but it was Coco, Carl, Carl, Coco. It was not that obvious here there is no mix i think it's just about what michelle chanel has done and i think that for a lot of people today uh, young people uh, here in paris and uh, worldwide will be quite interesting to to understand uh, her legacy her posture and and i think it's quite good also for the brand because being said you better understand the brand you better understand the carl contribution how, how powerful uh, it has been in the way to uh, deliver uh, and to push the brand in uh, new uh, boundaries. I- I'm sure you will love to see this exhibition.
1: You announced that Chanel is to present its Metier d'art um, 2020 collection um, the second, I think, under Virginie Viard, on the first of December, Covid willing, and I know that one of your major ongoing projects has been to support Chanel's specialist suppliers of Metier d'Art. I mean, it really is extraordinary when I. I've been several times to go and look at them. There's Lesage and those wonderful embroideries. There's uh, Maison Le Marier with the feathers and the flowers and Barry Knitwear from Scotland and and so many more. I believe that you've taken or you're building a space on the edge of Paris for all your hand workers and that you've been very much the leader in your company trying to put all of this together. Will you tell me more about this?
0: Yeah, I I think that uh, 19M... uh it's a new story for chanel for sure we have now about 40 companies for zero uh, part of this uh, ecosystem part are uh, métier d'art some are more manufacturers uh, and this 9m will be uh, a new uh, a new building uh, designed by rudy ricciotti uh, to be able to uh, welcome uh, 12 of them uh, and, and what i like in the idea is that uh, will be more or less the first time to have them all together like that i am sure that from uh, this. Uh, new uh, relationship will uh, probably go to a uh, other level. Uh, so so I, I think it's quite interesting. And that's a second part of what we are doing in creation, being able to, to have all these uh, artisans working de- together, uh, being able to continue to invest in their know how. When they say invest is not only about the past, it's also about the future. That will help uh, quite a lot to continue to propose to the brand and to Chanel. Uh, a lot of uh, new approaches if I may say around the product. So again Chanel is before everything or on top of everything about product. Uh, what our customers live with is the product and we need to bring uh, the Channel value to be able to make a difference through the product. And, and that's the reason why these know how are quite important uh, to continue to emerge and, and to, uh, to be on top of uh, this uh, fashion assortment. Uh, and uh, and for sure, Métiers d'Art in December at Chenonceau uh, will be a, a way to uh, to continue to highlight this uh, amazing know-how.
1: Um, I must say that in the thirty years that um, you've been at Chanel and all the other people who run it have always been very shy to ask journalists about revealing figures. But shortly before Karl left and his right-hand Virginie took over. You released the financial results for the first time. And I looked it up. So for the first fiscal year that you talked about, 2017, the figure was $10 billion. Not a bad figure. And are things so good with the current pandemic? Or is COVID-19 dragging down your figures, especially in China in the Far East?
0: No, I think that uh, the situation, obviously, is probably uh, is more difficult, you know, in Europe because we have no tourists. Now, having said that, it's a huge opportunity for us in the boutique to be able to focus on our uh, local loyal customers. Uh, we have been able to develop a lot of content, you know, to be able to uh, invite them to come and join in the boutique. They, they did that, so we are quite happy. Uh, in the states, uh, we uh, went through uh, challenging moments. I think the situation is better and better, and the situation now is back to normal. If I may say, in uh, in China, in uh, Taiwan, in Korea. So uh, all together, yes, the first six months, eight months, have been uh, quite uh, difficult, challenging. Sometimes um, it was difficult to imagine one day that you can have uh, uh, about one hundred and eighty boutiques out of two hundred closed. Uh, but I have to say that we are on the, on, the, on a nice uh, recovery, uh, and, and twenty twenty will stay as a very amazing, you know, uh, unpredictable year. But I hope that uh, 2021 will start to come back to a kind of uh, not normal, because as you know, a tourist uh, is still challenging. Uh, Travelling is still a challenge. Uh, However, we are doing huge work with the local clientele. And uh, as of today, I'm quite happy with the results.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that um, you're going on strong with all these troubles. But tell me about the show itself. Um, you've got four more days before it happens. And I know the audience, I imagine, is quite reduced, but it's still in the Grand Palais. And that famous building is about to close for a major restructure. Does that make this show the end of an era for you at Chanel? It could have been
0: that, but uh, I can announce that uh, the two next shows will also take again take place in the Grand Palais. So uh, it was supposed to be the last one, uh, but uh, it probably... Uh, January for haute couture and March for ready-to-wear will also take place in the Grand Palais because uh, the alternative uh, is not ready. They are a bit late due to the situation, and uh, very nicely they uh, accept to keep uh, the Grand Palais uh, open for us. So uh, it could have been the last one that so Susie I hope, will be with us uh, for the last one. Uh, uh, cross finger in March.
1: Yes, for me as well. Um, I- I- to ask you something sort of larger about Chanel, not as a company, but for what it stands for. It, it's kind of entered the collective unconsciousness, I think you said. What does that mean exactly? Does it mean that everyone recognises the um, fragrance of Chanel Number no. 5? I know they do. And does it mean that only women wearing a tweed boucle are copying Chanel? Uh, what is the real story behind the history that enables you at Chanel to have the company as a fashion leader, in spite of the fact that the leader herself was there for such a short time, relatively speaking.
0: I, I, I think, you know, th- that's a nice point of uh, this exhibition. What you learn from uh, this exhibition, uh, first, uh, Mademoiselle Chanel uh, create a quite uh, strong and consistent style. I think it's quite important. And uh, you can see the starting point with uh, Mademoiselle and uh, how uh, Carl bring to what she has done a, a strong modernity so f- so for me that's amazing you know Carl bring a lot of freedom a lot of energy a lot of uh, perspective uh, to what she has done I, I I think that and at the same time he kept this uh, consistent style and I, I, you know having some step back I, I, I think that the job the job he has done is uh, fantastic okay uh, to be able to play with this code this way I, I think is a uh, Wow, chapeau. Uh, so so uh, that's the uh, first point. Second point, you see in the exhibition, you know, uh, what she did, for example, with uh, 255 bag and uh, with uh, the two-tone shoes, because they are part of this exhibition. And you see uh, how strong they are still today. So a lot of work has been done, and this work has been able to show that uh, from the beginning, she has had with her creative posture some genius ID, uh, and these ideas are still quite uh, uh, strong uh, today. And our job now with Virginie is to make it uh, modern, alive, to play with them, and we have a lot of freedom to be able to do so. So I I, I think that's the reason why Chanel is, uh, if I may say, on top of that is because uh, foundations are very strong. They have been already uh, checked, if I may say, uh, by Karl in the good sense, in the good direction. So today uh, we we have a strong heritage to be able to react and to continue to push and and we feel free because we have this uh, strong heritage. It's always a difficult exercise to work with a strong heritage. As of today for me it's a kind of freedom that this heritage uh, offers to to Virginie. So it's quite interesting to see this uh, permanent kind of uh, red thread uh, between uh, Virginie uh, and the opposite, Mademoiselle Chanel, carl and Virginie, and uh, thanks to this exhibition, uh, that's look obvious, and that is about Chanel. That's the reason why, even if this exhibition is not a Chanel one, because it's a Musée Galliera exhibition with uh, Miren, the way Miren put everything together help us, Chanel brand to to explain why the brand is so strong today.
1: about the exhibition so it takes us through 10 chapters with 10 photo portraits of gabrielle chanel and the second part of the exhibition is split into themes of the chanel look so tell me what is the chanel look today we all think we know what it is but how would you personally define the chanel look for 2021
0: I, I i think that's something which is uh, in fact uh very difficult to achieve because it's at the same time about sophistication, but uh, freedom, but simplicity. Uh, sophistication, why? Because to be able to build these clothes, you need to have a lot of expertise. Uh, and the, the way to work now with uh, the studio, with the atelier, uh, all the métiers d'art bring this expertise. Sophistication, because uh, nothing is simple, including in the materials, etc. And at the end of the day, that need to be to look uh, to, very uh, simple. And, and I think that uh, in this collection, you know, and always I am in love with the new collection, uh, this one is a good way
1: to illustrate
0: this uh, simplicity.
1: Let's go back to the Palais Galliera. The mayor of Paris said that Chanel's generosity to the museum proves that, I'm quoting her here, Paris is the home of fashion. Do you agree with that. I think of Paris more as a hub, that's a fashion epicentre, while Italy, for example, is the place where high fashion is actually made today, and China is the place, as you've just been saying, where are the most fashion shoppers. <laughs> so how do you feel about French fashion in general and what it stands for?
0: Never forget that I am a support of Paris. So I consider that Paris is uh, the, the capital, uh, the, the earth of the creation and uh, of uh, fashion. A a certain kind of fashion, you know, but at least haute couture and and the French fashion. Now, saying that, I am not saying that there is not wonderful things in Italy or somewhere else. But we, with the métier d'art at Chanel, have been able, you know, to 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 anchor even more haute couture and this fashion inspired by haute couture at the heart of Paris. And I think it's quite important for us to continue to have and to support. Uh, a strong Paris. So uh, yes, for me, uh, Paris haute couture, uh, fashion are linked together. And uh, I agree with uh, Annie Dalgo. We have to do our best to continue to uh, push Paris as a fa- as a fashion capital, you know, a fashion leader.
1: tell you I don't understand. It's not really in my area. It's that Chanel has made its debut in the public markets with a green bond. Can you tell me more about it and about your commitment to sustainability?
0: Yeah, we are doing a lot, in fact, about sustainability. France and beauty, fashion, uh, watches and funery, fashion uh, quite a lot. And on top of that, as a brand, uh, we have been working quite quite strongly in the past three years on uh, the climate our engagement about the climate and uh, as a result of that we have an engagement name is Mission 1.5 which is in fact how to participate to reduce uh, the, the temperature of the earth of 1.5 degrees it's uh, one of the result of uh, the Paris summit two years ago uh, and, uh, and I think it's quite interesting because that uh, obliges all of us uh, to work uh, with that in mind And uh, in fact, the Green Bonds, uh, which have been uh, put together thanks to two uh, bank partners, uh, is a way to uh, show how important uh, our engagement is on these uh, topics. Why? Because uh, if we succeed, we'll uh, have a better rate. If we fail, we'll pay more. So, so we are not we are putting ourselves in a in a tough situation uh, and in challenging situation to be able to to deliver uh, these uh, new KPIs, which I believe are more than KPIs, but it's to be able to 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 offer uh, a better planet to uh, to our kids. So, so I think it's quite important to be part of that, and uh, we are very proud of Channel, not only uh, to have been to put all this uh, engagement engagement about climate together. But, but but also to to show that uh, it's not for fun or it's not uh, to do as others are doing, is it's a strong and deep uh, engagement uh, with our teams, and uh, we will have to. Uh, to deliver,
1: uh, to be able to benefit from these green bonds. This is very impressive. As president of fashion at Chanel, your responsibility, I know, is officially to take um, charge on the business side. Yet I've always felt that your role is not just to add up the takings, although I'm sure it's very important, but much more because the success of the company in the last two or three decades has been based on creativity, not just marketing. Do you agree with me? How do you see your identity in Coco's world? No,
0: I, I, I think that creation, is at the earth of uh, what we are doing, you know, uh, for sure. I, I have no doubt on that. And, uh, you know, if there is a, a, a consistent approach in, in the past 30 years, and mainly with Carl, is that we have been investing uh, all 30 years' uh, time uh, behind the creation, you know, creation, what does that mean, etc., in all topics, in all areas. Uh, and today, we continue to do so uh, with Virginie. So for me... Uh, this fashion is also about how to surprise, but surprise with something different, but with the same spirit, if I may say, uh, our customers. And uh, I like this uh, dialogue that uh, we have uh, between creation and business, uh, day after day, collection after collection. In fact, it's very efficient. And what I learned you know, from Carl is that uh, creation with no result have no interest. Uh, and, and I think that's quite important, you know. When we uh, when we get a, a strong collection, you know, and when we see that we are successful with our customers, with the press, with the images, etc., I think it's uh, part of the motto and uh, the, the way Chanel is developed, you know. Uh, the teams are very proud of uh, being able to do that, to deliver that.
1: Do you miss, Carl? Is it like losing a member of the family? You
0: know, when you have been working 30 years uh, with... Uh, somebody, you know, such a genius, you know, like Carl. Uh, the phone call in the mornings, uh, the long evening, uh, talking uh, about uh, what happened during the days, uh, all these kind of things. You, you never replace these kind of things, you know, it's uh, impossible. Uh, now, having said that, I am very happy with uh, Virginie. Uh, she's amazing in the way to uh, engage herself in uh, this uh, new job. So it's a new story, it's a new story for the brand. And it's quite um, good for me to see that that can happen. Because, you know, it's something, you know, to say I will come after Carla. Wow, it's a job. Huh? It's a more than a job. You have to be very strong. Uh, but having said that, you know, uh, yes, everyone, Miss Carl, there is no doubt.
1: You know, Bruno, I'd like to make a confession. I am probably the only journalist left today who saw Coco Chanel in action. I think I was aged around 24 years old, and to me, she was a little old lady folded up on the stairs watching her own fashion show, which I found to be very boring old lady stuff. How things have changed. Congratulations on keeping Coco forever young. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Susie. (laughs) You know, I have met many
0: people in the atelier who... uh who have been working, you know, uh, from far or less far uh, with, uh, with Mademoiselle Chanel. They all keep a very uh, impressive uh, souvenir, you know? Sh- she was not an easy uh,
1: one. <laughs> it's been a great pleasure to have a chance to talk to you and I can't wait to see the exhibition and the show. I'm sure it will be a great moment. Thank you and I hope that we will be able to
0: meet Soon, together, I will be very happy to see you in Paris.
1: Bruno Pavlovsky can sell a museum exhibition as easily as one of those iconic Chanel handbags. He has taken Chanel across the world, building a devoted clientele, but has retained its Parisian spirit. I think we've learned in this conversation that Gabrielle Chanel's fashion manifesto is still alive and that the cocoa spirit is going strong. And that concludes season two and marks the end of Paris Fashion Week. It also marks the end of my time here at Condé Nast. It's been an honour and privilege reporting to Vogue and I shall be back very soon for season three with some riveting guests already lined up. It's been such a pleasure bringing my words to you online for the past six years and over the last few months through these podcasts. In the meantime, stay tuned, stay safe, stay stylish, and I look forward to bringing more creative conversations to you really soon. I'm enjoying reading all your comments and hearing your thoughts each week. Please do keep sharing them. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, it would be wonderful if you could leave us a review by tapping on reviews and then on the stars. It would be so valuable and it really helps for other people to find us. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. I'd like to wish you all and everyone at Chanel a safe and healthy season ahead. Creative Conversations with Susie Menkis is produced by Natasha Cowan and edited by Tim Thornton, with music by Jörg Zuber and graphics by Paul Wallace.